0: Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello everyone, welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm so glad that you've joined me tonight, whatever part of the world that you're listening to me from. And yeah, of course, whatever time zone, for those who are listening live and for those who will listen to the broadcast, I'm so very glad that you're here. I really, really am so glad. Now, I'm going to go to, uh, going to have a little bit of music, and then I'm going to, I'm going to read about tonight and, uh what is going on? Um, Well, why don't I just go ahead and and read a little bit about tonight. Uh, I'm going to be playing a a recording of a service, of a teaching, of a testimony, of preaching. It's by Dr. Todd Holmes. Uh, Dr. Todd Holmes is currently an associate pastor at the River at Tampa Bay Church. He is also the dean of the River Bible Colleges. His wife, Pastor Katie Holmes, is also an associate pastor and overseer of Revival Ministries International Ministerial Association, also known as RMIMA. Both of them, by their ministry combined, have traveled through nearly every state in the U.S. and in 22, that's 22, countries of the world, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, they are true generals of the faith. And after an introduction like that, I know that they would take no glory but say praise God. So let's praise God for them and what he has done through their lives. Father God, I just thank you right now for Pastors Todd and Katie Holmes and what you've done in them and through them. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in their lives. I thank you for the lives that you've touched through them. I give you glory for them. I give you praise. I give you honor. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're going to go to a song, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm going to play a recording, as I said before, and it's going to be by Dr. Todd Holmes. It's uh, being shared with permission from him personally. It's called Desperation. I'll be right back with you after this. Yeah, I hope to have uh, Pastor Todd live in the studio but uh, until then uh, the next best thing is a recording of one of his teachings all of his teachings are powerful uh, but this one is about desperation so now let's listen to Dr. Todd Holmes share a message from his heart I'm being desperate for God because, as Pastor Todd Holmes has written, there is hungry for God and there is starving for God. Pastor Todd explains that you need a touch from God because other people in the world need God. I'm going to go to the first part and there might be Little repetitions in here because I have these little ten or ten minute increments here, so I'm gonna be playing them in the studio, but I'm gonna get a part one of desperation so just open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, allow him to touch you, allow him to change your heart and minister to you by the power of his holy name.
1: With what God's put on my heart tonight It's a message about desperation And um, I just, I've just felt prompted tonight to, to share some things About my life and my desperation How I got the touch of God I've never shared it with anybody before But I know God wants to do some things Through some people tonight And the only way you're going to get the touch of God That you're looking for Is out of desperation it's not going to come any other way. It's not just going to come become, because you come up in line 54,000 times and have hands laid on you. That's, that's not the key. The key is within yourself becoming so hungry, so desperate for God that everything else, and nothing, nothing else matters. Absolutely nothing else matters. Where He is, he is your goal. And you've got to get, you have to get His touch. And not just, Lord, I want, I want a little bit, I want a little bit. No, Lord, I want You to just overwhelm me with Yourself. Because that's, I got to that place. And I want to tell you, it's that that fueled the ministry that we now have. But it's that same desperation that you have to keep to keep it going. Because of what it takes to start something, it takes to maintain. You've got to stay at that level or you fall away. See, because desperation goes past hunger. It's not just the same. I've seen people who are hungry... And then I've seen people who are starving. There's a difference. And let me tell you what the difference is. Let me tell you what the factor is. There's violence involved when you're desperate. Do you understand? A passion comes in there that will not be denied. And if you say, I am desperate... For God. Let me ask you this. Why are you desperate for Him? Why? A lot of people just say, because I am. That's not good enough. You've got to know why you're desperate for God. And let me tell you this. If all it is is a selfish reason, because I want more of Him. I'm going to tell you something. You're never going to get it. Because it's got to be greater than you. It's got to be something greater than you. Because up to this point, you've done without it. And you've survived, haven't you? And if you've gotten so far as you have right now, and you haven't got what you want, then what's another few days? What's another few weeks? What's another few months? What's years? Just deal with it. But I want to tell you, I'm going to give you some things out of my life. Why I got desperate for a touch of God. And it first was a selfish thing. Yeah, I just want more of you. I want uh, a greater touch of God. Because this person I see... This person that's ministered, they've, they, they've experienced just an incredible thing of God. I can't tell you, I mean, I, I'm like a bookworm. I just, you know, devour, devour books. And, and I've read so many experiences of many different Christians. Awesome men and women of God who have incredible stories of, of things that have, have taken place in their life, the touch of God upon their lives were significant. What did it take for them to get to where they are? And I'd see you know how, how they that they they received the touch of God, and then there was just a, a miraculous ministry that was birthed. and i was like i want I want something like they've got." I want that. I know I was here last time, last April. I shared a story about a very significant touch of God that I received back when I was 13 years old under the ministry of Benny Hinn. First time he ever ministered in this nation. And it it just transformed my life. And I said within myself, because I've been touched so deeply, I want that. And the Spirit of God spoke to me the first time I ever remember hearing God really speak to me. And the Lord said, it'll cost you. I was 13 years old. I didn't know what that meant. Now, I want to tell you, you don't know the cost. You don't understand what it costs to have a touch of God. It's not just doing what every other Christian does. If you say, I want a touch of God... And I want, you know, I, I want to I be used by God like, like this great man or great woman of God. You better be willing to pay a price for the touch of God. But if it all it is, as it was with me when I started off, is I just want that because they, you know, they've got a great ministry. I want to have a great ministry. Forget it. God's not going to give it to you for that. Because that's selfish. It's selfish. And God had to show that in me. I didn't think I was selfish. But you know, when you start getting into the presence of God, God will show you all kinds of junk in your life. Stuff you don't even know you have. If somebody were to come up to you, and you were standing in the ministry line, and they were to tell you, you know what, brother, you need to deal with pride in your life. (coughs) Come on, right now, let's take it outside. Come on. I don't have pride in my life. You can ask anybody else in the church. Everybody knows I'm an exemplary Christian. But see, you get into the presence of God, you know it doesn't take some minister pointing something out. But if you'll just be honest when the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit starts dealing with you, He'll say, listen, you got this in your life. And you can say, uh-uh, 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 all you want, but you know it's true. Because the Holy Ghost don't lie to you. He's not going to lie to you. He's just going to tell you, the flat-out truth. And when He exposes something, He expects for you to deal with it. Not deny it. Deal with it. You say, well, how do I deal with it? You say, God, come and burn this thing out of me. Burn this out of me. I don't want it. I don't want it, Lord. Burn it out of me. And when God began to show me that some of the things that I desired were... We're just selfish. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And so after I just laid it all on the altar before God, I just gave it all up. I said, okay, God, I care less what kind of ministry I have. don't care what kind of touch of God I have, I guess. And I just laid it all out there and said, okay, forget it, God. It doesn't even matter anymore. Then I realized after a little bit of time there was still that thing in there that I wanted more God. I wanted a fresh touch of God. I was desperate for something more of Him. In fact, I found myself more desperate than before. More hungry. More thirsty. I was like, God, I laid this all down. I don't understand what this is. He said, what's behind it now? What's behind it now, son? And I realized that it wasn't anymore myself. For that part of me had been crucified. I'd laid it down. It had died. But now, I wanted that touch of God so that other people's lives could be changed. Forget me, God. It doesn't even matter about me. I could care less if anybody ever knows my name. And I'll be very honest with you. That is the absolute God honest truth. I don't care if anybody ever knows who Todd Holmes is. That does not matter a hill of beans to me. All I want is for people to receive
2: the touch of God.
1: I don't care if anybody knows me, remembers my ministry. You know, there's some incredible songs out there now, and you know, we sing some that are really great. You know, I want to be a history maker. Wonderful song, And you know what? What an incredible thing. To be associated with changing history. Because of what you allowed God to do through you. To be associated with changing history. Because of what you allowed God to do through you. And you know what? That's all possible. But you don't have to go after it to make yourself famous. Because that doesn't matter. One thing I found out, that with God, faithful and famous are synonymous. Faithful and famous with Him are synonymous. He just wants you to be faithful. Will you be faithful to me? Will you be faithful to me? Will you do whatever I tell you to do, whenever I tell you to do it, and not give me any excuses? And not say, God, well, I don't know if that's in my best interest. Or who are we we talking about? Is it your life or is it His life? So you've got to get to the place where you lose yourself in Him. You know, there's a lot of ministers out there who haven't yet lost themselves in God. Called into ministry. But the reason, you know, they're they're doing what they're doing is so they can make the next step and then they can launch themselves into this thing or get noticed by this person or that other thing and all. And it's all just a big career building thing. You know what? You're in it for the wrong reasons. It's all the wrong reasons. I got hungry and I got desperate for God because I wanted to see people's lives touched and changed. Because of what God has done in me. And you know what? God's still changing me. And He's still changing every single person here. But you've got to get to the place where you realize that the reason that you're desperate for a touch of God is not just because you want it. It's because the world needs it. The world needs for me to have the fire of God. The church needs for me to be consumed with Him. I can survive on my own. I can even live a Christian life without an extraordinary touch of God. Okay? Understand what I'm saying. Because people have done it for centuries. Just kind of getting by. Living a so-so Christian life. Just an average Christian life. You know, not making any waves. You know, when you get to heaven, you'll see them. Oh, they're not going to have any great rewards or anything like this. They just kind of they just got by. But you know what? They made it to heaven. Praise the Lord. But you know what? God's called us to not just see people's lives change so that they just make it into heaven, but to challenge people to come up to new levels. Amen. I don't want to minister to just a bunch of average Christians. In fact, there's a lot of churches I wouldn't even want to go to preach. Because it's filled with just nominal Christians. I want to be ministering to people who are on the cutting edge. People who are hungry. Amen. I'd rather have a handful of hungry people than a whole convention center filled with people who are just nominal Christians. Because I want to challenge people who really, really want more of God. to Come on, let's step into it. Because we can make a difference. And if you will allow God to come in and touch your life, if you'll allow the fire of God to come and burn in you, and our God is a consuming fire. Amen. He's not that way that you heard in Sunday school years ago. This little
2: light of mine, I'm going to let it shine.
1: Shoot that song. No, He's not a little light inside. No, He's an all-consuming fire. Amen. God, make me an inferno. Set me ablaze for you. Dip me in the kerosene of your Spirit and let me burn for you, God. That's what Charles Finney prayed. Dip me in the kerosene of your Holy Spirit and let me burn for you. Oh, when I heard that, I was like, Yeah! That's me all over, God. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want more of you, God.
2: I'm just desperate for
1: but I'll tell you this, that desperate people do desperate things that other people don't even understand. Other people, if they knew what you are doing, they might freak out a little bit. They'd say, you're, you're just a little over the top, aren't you? And that's why I said tonight I want to share a few things. And I know, you know, I risked the, opportunity, the chance right here of, of, you know, somebody taking what I say and, and you know, who knows, blabbing it or whatever and, and, you know, saying this or that thing. And, well, I heard he did this and that and everything such as this. And this guy's a real fruit. He's a real flake and everything like that. But you know what? I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm just going to tell you, you know, desperate people do desperate things when they want a touch of God. Amen. And I don't think mine are, you know, when, when, you, when you think of things, when, when, I, when I know what other people have done, you know, it's not all that far out of line. I know my pastor back in Tampa, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, when he was just a young man, he was so desperate for God. He was in a youth meeting, and he started screaming at the top of his voice until he lost his voice.
2: God, touch me! God, if you don't come down and touch me, I'm going to come up and touch you!
1: And he screamed, I mean screamed that, until he lost his voice. And then kept screaming. And nobody could hear him. But he was desperate. And I want to tell you, desperate people don't just sit by passively. And you can have you can you can live a Christian life, you can have a ministry, and not have a significant touch of God. Amen. In fact, you go to a lot of the you know, theological cemeteries, theological seminaries, and, um, and they're not going to encourage you to, to go for a significant touch of God in your life. They'll just say, come on, study more, study more, study more. Read more books, do this, blah, 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 blah. And you'll be fine. You'll be an accomplished minister. You know, forget about the accomplished minister stuff. I'm going to study, yeah, because the Word says, study to show myself approved unto God. Oh, that's right, God, not somebody else. Amen. A workman that needeth not, excuse me, a workman, hallelujah, praise God, now all of a sudden it's leaving me. I need to study some more. (laughs) (laughs) Study to show yourself approved unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I... I'm going to study the Word. I'm going to continue to study the Word of God. Amen? Because the Word, as it says in the Scripture there, can be... It, it, we have to know how to rightly divide the Word. And if the Word can be rightly divided, then the Word can be wrongly divided also. Amen? And so we've got to study so that we rightly divide the Word of truth. Amen? But you stay in the Word. And you continue to, to hunger for more and more after God. But if you, go, if you go to, you know, just some theological classes, they're just going to say, just get in the Word, just, you know, get in the Word, devour the Word, and, you know, read what everybody else has written, and everything like this, and all, these, all this other stuff. And... But the thing is, is that, you know, if you want to be, be successful in the Spirit, you're going to have to have a touch of God. You're going to have to have a touch of God. I'm not saying you can't have a ministry without a touch of God. But you're just going to have a nominal ministry. You're just going to have an ordinary ministry. Who wants an ordinary ministry? That just kind of gets by. Just kind of gets by. Say, so, well, I'm doing pretty good, I think, for... You know what? God's called me to do Well, you know, pretty good. Who cares about pretty good? I don't want pretty good. Amen. Amen. I don't want a pretty good ministry. I want God to show up in power every single time. Amen. Every single time. In an extraordinary way. Without me having to pull out all kinds of pranks and gadgets and, you know, get my last of the good clean joke books out and break it out there and everything like that. And a lot of people think, you know, this guy... I have had people tell me this you just must you must read a lot of joke books or something because you know we just laugh so much in your ministry you know, tonight you're not laughing but you know and but a lot of people you know they just they just think you know the ministry is so you're you're just so funny you know do you just read a lot of joke books all the time no i never read joke books you know life is just funny in itself you know just you just start talking about life and it's, it's just a funny thing but the thing is is that if you want if you want a touch of God, you've got to be desperate and you've got to go after it. Amen? Amen? David, over in Psalm 42, was a man who was hungry. He was desperate for God. Let me read you a little bit what David wrote here. In 42, Psalm 42, As the heart pants and longs for the water brooks. Let me read you a little bit what David wrote here. In 42, Psalm 42, As the heart pants and longs for the water brooks, so I pant and I long for you, O God. My inner self thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I earnestly remember and pour myself out within me. How I went slowly before the throng and led them in procession to the house of God, like a bandmaster before his band, timing the steps to the sound of music and the chant of song with the voice of shouting and praise a throng keeping festival why are you cast down O my inner self and why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me hope in God and wait expectantly for Him for I shall yet praise Him my help and my God oh my God my life is cast down upon me and I find the burden more than I can bear therefore I will earnestly remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the summits of Mount Hermon From the little mountain Mizar, roaring deep, calls to roaring deep. At the thunder of your water spouts, all your breakers and your rolling waves have gone over me. And yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night His song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I'll say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword crushing in my bones, my enemies taunt and reproach me. While they say continually to me, where is your God? Why are you cast down my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God. And wait expectantly for Him. For I shall yet praise Him who is the help of my countenance and my God. And then it goes on in Psalm 51. And he says... In Psalm 51, Have mercy on me, God, according to your steadfast love. According to the multitude of your tender mercy and loving kindness, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly and repeatedly from my iniquity and guilt. And cleanse me and make me wholly pure from my sin. For I'm conscious of my transgressions, and I acknowledge them. My sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight, so that you're justified in your sentence and faultless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in a state of iniquity, and my mother was sinful who conceived me, and I too am sinful. Behold, you desire truth in the inner being. Make me therefore to know wisdom in my inmost heart. Purify me with hyssop and I'll be clean." Wash me and I shall in reality be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness and be satisfied. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my guilt and iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, preserving and steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with the willing spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted and return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness and death, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will show forth your praise. For you delight not in sacrifice or else, else would I give it. You find no pleasure in burnt offering. My sacrifice, the sacrifice acceptable to God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, broken down with sorrow for sin, and humbly and thoroughly penitent. Such, O God, you will not despise. You know what? David was desperate for God to do some things in him. And he cried out to God. He cried out to God day and night. He cried out. In the first psalm we read, he was crying out, Lord, deliver me from these people who taunt me. I'm surrounded by all kinds of calamity, all kinds of situations. Lord, deliver me from this. In the next one, he wants to be delivered from sin. And he cries out to God, Lord, set me free from this. Lord, I'm desperate to experience your presence again. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to that place before where you have intentionally done something, where you've sinned against God. And I want to tell you something. When you do that, you don't even feel right coming to church. You think the last place I need to be is in the house of God. I shouldn't even be there. I just ought to stay home. I just ought to wallow in my sin. I'm just, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And you know what? The enemy will come and he'll back you up. He'll say, yeah, you're guilty. You're terrible. Oh, you're terrible. You're just filthy. Yeah, stay away from the, stay away from the church. Stay away from those believers. Put yourself away. You know, because the devil's always, always lying to you. Always trying to, to side against you. Why would the devil, let me just, just tell you, this, why would the devil side with the the part that would try to keep you from God if he thought that he was protecting you from God? Or co- protecting, yeah, protecting God from you. Why would the devil want to keep you away from God? Because he thought that you would corrupt God. Oh, Don't go near to God. No. But you know what? David realized the only way I can get clean is to get in his presence. And we've got to come to that understanding so many times. You know what? I've got to be changed. I've got to be changed. And David wasn't just saying, Lord, change me because I want to feel better. But he was saying, Lord, if you will change me, then I will teach others your ways. It's not for me, God. It's not just for me. I want you to change me so that others don't make the same mistake that I made. Touch me, God. Cleanse me. Renew. Renew my spirit. Wash me. Change me. I'm desperate, God. I don't want to stay this way anymore. You know, David was in sin. And God forgave him. But you know, there's other people so you're not necessarily walking in sin, but you're not walking where God wants you to be. You're not walking at the level that God wants you to. And I want to tell you this, that is backsliding. Ooh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> when you are not living where God wants you to live, you're not pleasing God. You're not doing the will and the plan of God. God desires for you to live where He wants you to. And He doesn't just want to put you up at this, at this certain level, worshiping Him and living for Him at that level, just because He wants you there. But people, the world needs you there. The church needs you there. Because you need to be in that place so that you can minister to others. How could David be effective in the position that he was at unless he was lifted up? How could a king live in shame and be a king? How can a king live in shame and lift his head up high? You know what? Throughout the centuries of time, We've gotten real good at it. Listen to me. Because we've gotten real good at being people who live lives, who live lies. We've gotten real good, even in the church, at deception. I'm just laying it out plain here. Do you mind? We've gotten people who, you know, we can we can come and we can, you know, sit in the sit in the chairs and everything, and we can sing the songs and all, we can even lift our hands and everything. And we know good and well we're not at the place that God wants us to be. And then when it's time for, for us to, to come before God and to and to allow Him to deal with things in our hearts we'll only get so close we won't get to that place that shows that we're desperate because we think you know what somebody's going to see some kind of weakness in me they're going to think that you know something's really really wrong and that there's some something bad going on and i don't want anybody i don't want to give anybody the wrong idea because we're full of pride Ooh. Ooh, Amen. Let me just be real honest with you. That's the biggest reason people won't receive the touch of God. Pride. Because of pride. Okay? Lay it out there. Pride stinks. I mean, it just stinks. And you're never going to get what you need from God with pride in your life. You're never going to get what you need from God with pride in your life. You're going to have to humble yourself. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of training you have. I don't care if you've got alphabet soup behind your name. Doesn't even matter. God deals with everybody the same. You've got to come before Him and open up your heart. You've got to make yourself transparent. Amen. You've got to say, God, this is me. Warts and all gone. This is the way I am. You already knew it. But Lord, I'm just letting you know that I am opening up to you. And I've got to have you change me. Why would you do that? Why would you do something like that? Because you're tired of doing the same old, same old, same old. Well, i to tell you, it's the truth. You know, I was, in, I was in ministry and Assemblies of God Church and everything like this. And, you know, I got to the place where I was just, I hated ministry. I just hated ministry. It was just terrible. And it wasn't necessarily getting burnt out. It was because I didn't get the burn in. Amen. It wasn't burnt out. It was non-burn in. I needed the fire in me. And I didn't have the fire. I had the call, but the call is not the same as the fire. You need both. Amen. A lot of people got the call. They don't have the fire. You need both. If you don't have the fire inside, you will burn out. Something will take you out of the ministry. That's why you need the fire of God inside of you. Because it burns up junk before it starts getting to you. You've got the fire of God all around you. I want to tell you, you, a different attack start coming against you. The fire of God, get rid of that stuff. Amen. Hey man. You have all kinds of different things that you know, try to, one of the, the enemy wants to try to get at you. But if you're on fire, I want to tell you, it just takes care of these things. All kinds of tests, temptations coming your way. Full of the fire, God. Woof! Don't even have to think about it. That's why you need to be burning with God inside. And you're not just going to get there just because you say, "Okay, well, all right." Having another line. Okay, go ahead. Hit me with your best shot, buddy. <sighs> and then sometimes you get this. Okay. You know, people just just standing there. Okay. Whatever. We've actually seen people that are standing in line when they get to us. When we get to them, they go... I was like, did I just see a little bit of attitude in your eyes right there? Do I lay hands on you or do I just slap you right now? Go ahead, just pray for me. You know what we do? We go, next person. I've left people standing there for... Long times. Amen. They'll be the last person I go back to. And sometimes I don't go back at all. Because you know what? not going to help me to pray for them. Wouldn't help one little bit. best thing for them is just to stand there and spend some time in the presence of God. Let God talk to them. Because I've already spent my time talking. They didn't listen to me. It didn't help for me to you know, to preach anything. They still got the attitude standing up there in the prayer line. Like, I think, you know, why would you come? Why did you even come? I had to. The rest of the family came. No, oh, sorry if sorry, that's somebody here.
2: <laughs>
1: pastor called and said he wanted to see me here tonight. I'm here, Hello. Yeah, but you know what? You're not going to get anything with that attitude. Amen. You know, somebody can tell you, you know, you need to get in these services. But if your heart's not right with God, if you won't won't be, like David said, of a contrite heart, a broken and a contrite heart, you're not going to receive anything. You're going to sit there and just be frustrated. Yeah. Sitting there thinking, here I am sitting in this service and... I got to be home watching the Louisville Wake Forest game. Good grief! What am I doing? Why don't I? Why don't I do something different? You know, the most frustrated people are Christians who are not living at the level they're supposed to be living at. And it doesn't help for you to be standing in line, even like. We gotta get it! I gotta get it! I gotta get it! You see that too, and that scares me. Like you know, you're gonna break your teeth if you don't stop that. You don't have to get all tense about it. If you just—I mean, some people just need to relax a bit. You know, excuse me, can you, you know, just tap some people and say, "Would you please breathe"? Because it's not going to... You don't work up. You don't work up the touch of God. You hunger after it. You hunger after it. And, And desperation comes by putting yourself in the presence of God repeatedly. Repeatedly. And not backing off. When I got to the place some years ago where I was so hungry for God, and I just, this just went over. This went over a period of, of actually several years, where I was just I was just getting to know God more and getting to know God more. And I go to another level, and you know I, I'd be at that level for a while and just celebrating what I was what I was was being revealed to me at that level. And then all of a sudden I just get hungry. I go, let
2: let's go further. Let's go further.
1: But I just press press in, press in, press in. I think one of the times when I was when I became. So, understanding of where I was lacking, I walked into a worship symposium that was going on. I didn't even know what a worship symposium was. I think it was one of the first ones that had ever ever happened. And there was a guy leading worship there. His name was Jim Gilbert. And a, a virtual nobody at that time. And I walked into this auditorium that he was doing this symposium in and he was actually leading in worship. And as soon as I walked in the doors, the presence of God hit me. And it was, a, it was an auditorium that sat about five, uh, 6,000 people. And I walked in and all of a sudden, woof, I mean, it was something I felt. It was like a wave of God's presence hit me. And right there, I was like, I dropped to the floor, right inside the back doors. And I sat there on that floor on my knees, and I wept, and I wept, and I wept. Because I suddenly had a realization, you know what? You've got a long ways to go, Todd. Why is it that in your worship time, you're not experiencing this? Because this was something I was just like, whoa this is incredible and at that time I had just stepped into leading praise and worship at our church this is long before I even the Holy Spirit told me sit down and let me teach you how to play the piano and everything like this but I just by default I had gotten the I had gotten the position of praise and worship leader there wasn't anybody else to do it and um well, there was, but it was pretty bad, and um, I mean, pretty bad. Yeah, it would have been better just to kind of put a cat underneath your arm and squeeze it. And,
2: uh, <laughs> and
1: so, um, <laughs> I was elected, and I didn't know, I didn't know beans about leading praise and worship. And you know, it was pretty pathetic. It really was. It was just, it was just sad. And, um, but, you know, I I was, I felt like telling the people, come on, let's get through this so we can, you know, get on to something good. And, um, because, you know, if you don't have any, if you don't have anything in yourself, the people, you know, they certainly don't want you up there either. And, um, and so I was just, I got to the place where I was like, God, you got to help me. Lord, I mean, I just, you know, I just dread any time at praise and worship. It's just terrible, God. And, Lord, I just, you know, I don't even feel your presence. I mean, I feel your presence more at the hot dog stand at the fair than, you know, during the praise and worship time at church. And, you know, during the praise and worship time at church. And, you know, please, Lord, help me out. And I heard that there was this, you know, worship symposium going on. And, and so I went in there, and that's when God really began to minister to me and began to really, really turn Turned my attention towards him. And he said, Listen, if you want to experience me like this, you can all the time, but you've got to get closer to me. You've got to get closer to me. You know, and I you know, I've been to Bible school, things like this, but you know, it, it's different than just learning the word. You've got to get hungry for God, desperate for God. I was like, Lord, what do I need to what do I need to do? And so I just I just get before God and say, God, you know, what do I do? What do I do? I need to I need to know you. I need to get to know you more. And slowly the worship began to change in the church. I had to do a lot of weeding out things. My father was a senior pastor, and I'd just tell him, you know what, this has gotta go. This has gotta What are you talking about? This I said, No, this I said, this is what This is what God says. This has got to go. Can't do this anymore. You know, we're not going to, I'm not going to stand and, you know, talk two or three minutes between every song and try to, you know, give a synopsis of the next song or previous song and everything. No, no, no. We're just going to get into the presence of God. You know, because that's the way things used to be. And it was just terrible. I mean, it was just Bad. And no wonder, you know, it's just herky-jerky worship. And, I mean, no wonder they came up with such songs that, you know, some of you find some really doozies in the hymnals. And, um, now, don't get me wrong, some of the hymns are just absolutely incredible, absolutely wonderful, powerful. But some are just straight out doubt and unbelief. Amen. And I'm not going to sing them. But, you know, I started weeding things out. And I said, God, I've got I to get in your presence. And so I was spending time with the Lord. One time I said, Lord, I want a place where I can just meet with you. Just a place where I can go where there's not going to be anybody else around. I said, Lord, where can I go? Where can I go? And I literally heard the Lord speak to me and give me an address. I think, right. I didn't know where it was. I was living in Tulsa. I got in my car and I started driving. We didn't have MapQuest in those days. And I was just trying to figure out, okay, where would this be according to this address? And I started driving. I drove out of town. Got on the outskirts of town. I'm thinking, there's nothing out here. Duh. All there was was a road. And I got I pulled out to the end of this road. It's all been developed now. In fact, the place where I used to go and pray, there's a church there now. But that was where I would go. I'd pull my car in there. And I'd just walk into the woods. And I'd just kneel out there in the woods. Or just cry out to God. i mean, in a loud voice. Because nobody could hear me. I was miles away from people. God, I'm hungry for you. Lord, I'm desperate for your touch. You've got to come and change me. You know, there wasn't anybody going to call me. Didn't even have a cell phone then. I don't know if anybody had a cell phone. They probably did. But I was just so hungry for God. Like, put everything else aside. Nobody's going to come visit me out there. Nobody knows where I am. And I just spend hours out in the woods, just crying out to God, saying, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. I've got to have a fresh touch of you. I've got to have your presence in my life. And I want to tell you, God began to reveal Himself to me. And I began to receive a fresh touch of God. A fresh touch of God. Because I was hungry. Because I was desperate. And I wasn't going to be satisfied with anything else. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people, you know, well, you know, I guess I didn't get it, so I'll just do something else. No? No? You know, if you, have, if you have plan B, or if you think you can continue on doing what you're doing and get by, you're never going to get it. You've got to get to a place of desperation. You've got to get to that place where you're not going to be satisfied with anything else but all of God. Later, it was God that spoke to me and He said, Listen, I want you to take time out of your schedule for this next year, this entire next year. And except for times when you are having special services in the mornings, I want you to devote the first five hours of your day to nothing but me. You don't do anything, anything. As soon as you get out of bed, I want your time. The first five hours of your time. You say, well, brother, I can't do that. I've got to get the job. I know. I was in a position where I could do it. Because I just told them at the church, you know what? God spoke to me, and this next year... This is the way it's going to be. You're, never, you're not going to see me until 12 noon. Don't even try to call me. Don't try to contact me in any way. Because I will be unavailable. Because I'm seeking after God. I'm hungry for more of God. And I'd do anything I could to avoid any type of distraction whatsoever. And i just spend time In the presence of God. I just spend time in His presence just talking to Him. Just worshiping Him. A lot of people say, well, brother, you know, that's kind of a unique experience and it's good for you that you could do that. But I can't do that. But I want to tell you, God knew what I could do. And God knows what you can do. If you're really hungry, if you're really desperate for Him, you'll just do it. You'll do whatever He says. You'll put things aside and you'll say, God, whatever it is. I'd have times in my you know when I was when I was worshiping God all by myself there. When I'd just get so caught up in the presence of God. I had a I had a a keyboard and an amplifier there and I would just begin to worship God. Sometimes I'd I'd spend three, four hours doing nothing but just staying right on my keyboard and just singing new songs to God, just continually. I mean, something fresh, not something I wasn't practicing for worship or anything like this. It was just the flow of the Spirit of God for hours. Just a fresh song of God, one after another, after another, after another, coming forth. I remember sometimes i get so caught up in the presence of God doing that, I literally would just fall out in the Holy Ghost. Oh, wham! Because I couldn't handle it anymore. It was like the presence of God gets so thick in the room. People say, well, don't you think you're going a little too far? No. No. Not at all. See, because when you're really hungry, when you're really, really desperate for God, God will touch you. God will touch you. The songs that I had on my CD, those, time, those songs all came out of times just spit in worship like that. Spending, spending times where I just, just intimate times with God. Because that's what, you know, God was doing things inside of me. So we've got to get to a place where when we worship God, it's just like we put everything else aside. Like where there's nobody, it's just an audience of one. Lord, you're the only one else here, you're all that matters. You know, some of you do that at home sometimes. You get just so caught up, you're all by yourself. I'm looking, I'm hoping that somebody's like that. Where it's just you, and you just get so caught up in worshiping God and praising God. Please tell me there's somebody else that's ever done this. And you just i mean where you just you just lose yourself, you don't care what you know you don't care what you're doing, you don't care there's nobody to see why can't we be that way even in church? Why is it that it just has to be all by ourselves? See because you could be a catalyst for something totally breaking loose if you'd learn to lose yourself in his presence instead of being so conscious about. What's somebody else going to think about me? This probably seems a little weird to these people over here. You know what? There might be some first-time visitors. Might freak them out. <laughs> first-time visitors. Hallelujah. <laughs> First time visitors, hallelujah uh, you know what sometimes you just gotta you gotta just gotta say, God it doesn't even matter cause I'm doing this unto you I'm not doing it to impress people it doesn't even matter, God, all I want is more of you. I had read a book about practicing the presence of God. It was by two men, Frank Lobach and Brother Lawrence. And that actual book is out of print now. They've tried to reprint some of it with just Brother Lawrence. But after I read that, and this was men who'd written this back in the 17th century, and these guys had something I didn't have. They knew the presence of God. They were so aware constantly of the Holy Ghost being with them every waking moment. I said, I want that. I want that. If those guys can live like that, I can live like that. Personally, and truthfully, I I thought I could just step into that in just a couple days. Because I was living a pretty close life. And I didn't even realize how difficult it is to be constantly aware every waking moment of your life. To be constantly aware of the presence of God with you. To never have a time where you're not aware
2: of Jesus
1: being with you. Oh, just try it. Just try it for a day. Try it for an hour. Amen. As you're you're just going about your day. You understand then that, you know what? This is not an easy thing. And I had to practice being conscious of the presence of God everywhere I went. Everywhere I was. Everything I was doing. Because I was so desperate for His presence just to be always with me. I wanted to know Him. I wanted to know Him more than anything else. All I wanted to do was know God. I want to know You, Jesus. I want to feel You. Just like, you know, somebody... W- Can you stand up here with me, buddy? Just walk with me, okay? Just like, just walk with me. I don't have to drag you. Come on. Don't make me mess you up, man. Uh, And so, you know, he's constantly aware that I am walking with him. I've got my arm around his shoulder here and everything. He's aware of that. No way he couldn't know that. Isn't that right?
2: right?
1: Yeah, isn't that right? Yeah. Turn around here. And I wanted... To know, just like He knows that I'm here, I wanted to know and be this conscious that the Holy Spirit is always with me. God's always got His arm wrapped around me, saying, we're walking together. We're together. You're never going anywhere, and I'm not going. What would it be like to live your life? Listen to me. What kind of authority would you start walking in if you were constantly aware that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the power of heaven was this close to you, it changes things up. Oh, it changes things up. Hello, makes things different. Thank you, buddy. And so I said, I said to God, I said, "Lord," because I i just for, for months and months and months I've been practicing His presence, and I said, "Lord." If I ever get to the place where I'm not aware of your presence, Lord, I said, yank my chain, God. I said those words, exactly. Yank my chain, God. And so it was about Christmas time. This is, you know, some years ago. And I was, I was in Tulsa. I've been kind of notorious for always waiting until the last moment to do any type of shopping for, for Christmas, for friends and families and everything. And sure enough, it was Christmas Eve. And, you know, just about 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I hadn't done anything yet. And um, I needed to get it done. And I had about, you know, 4 or 5 hours or something to accomplish everything. So I ran to the, to the local mall and literally ran. And, uh, you know, running up and down the, the aisles of the mall and the different stores and everything, trying to grab this, grab that, and everything like that. And um, I was sprinting down... One of the main aisles of the mall. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody sticks their foot out. Catches me right in the shin. And I go flying. I had packages, boxes, gifts, everything just all out on the floor, sliding across the floor of the mall. And not only did I spill everything, but it hurt caught me right in the shin and it felt like they were in steel toed boots or something like that. And it was like somebody going wham. And I was laying on the floor and I grabbed my shin and I was like,
2: Oh
1: and I turned to see who had done this. Okay. I, I wasn't real happy. I was thinking, you know, it might have been funny for them to do this. But you know, it hurt first of all really bad. And secondly, I'm in a big hurry. I've got things to do. And I turned around to look, and there wasn't anybody around. And I crawled back a few feet. I looked around the stores. There wasn't anybody anywhere close. It was almost 6 o'clock. Some stores had already pulled down the bars, you know, in front of the stores and everything like this. had shut up. And I was like, what in the world is going on? I know it. I felt it. There was contact made there. Something happened. And I was, just, I was just like freaked out. And I went and I was gathering all my packages boxes gifts and everything, pulled them over to a bench and I was stuffing stuff back in the sacks and everything, and just kind of mumbling, grumbling. Oh, I
2: can't believe this.
1: And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Todd, you said yank your chain." Oh, my goodness. I just busted out in tears right there. Here it was, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. You know, celebrating the birth of Christ. If there's any time you're going to be aware of God, it would be at Christmas time. Well, not with me. Not on Christmas Eve. All my thoughts focusing on accomplishing my goal. And I had completely pushed God out of the picture. I hadn't sinned. Understand what I'm saying. Nothing I'd done was sin. But I had pushed Him out of the picture. And I was not aware of His presence. And I had told Him, If I ever get to that place, Lord, yank my chain. And the Lord spoke to me and said, You said, yank my chain. The only reason he did it is because I asked him to do it. Because I was desperate to get to that place to know him. You know, and suddenly, all the buying of gifts meant nothing. Nothing meant anything. And I just dropped to my knees right there. And I began to repent. Not not from some deep sin or anything. It wasn't that. And some people even—they wouldn't even have the slightest concept of what I'm talking about. They said, well, you know, God's not going to get after you. No, God wasn't scolding me. God wasn't mad at me at all. He wasn't wasn't disappointed in me. Because I serve a God that loves me. All, All He does is love me. And all He wants is for me to come closer to Him. Just like He wants you to come closer to Him. And if you're really hungry, you're really desperate for God, you're going to go after Him like there's no tomorrow. You're going to say, God, come and change me. I don't want anything else. I don't want to substitute you with something else because your presence isn't here. We've got to come up with some other kind of hype. We've got to come up with some kind of a program or something. Well, God's not here, folks, but let's do this. No. We don't want that. You've got to get to the place where I've got to have God fully or nothing. Or nothing. Nothing. When I was ministering some years ago, I told the Lord, if you do not speak to me, if you do not give me a message that I know is from you, I will get up on the, pul- on the platform, I will stand behind the pulpit, and I will tell everybody, go home, God doesn't have anything for you. I told God that. If you don't give me a fresh word for the people, I'm going to tell them to go home. And I want to tell you there's two times that I walked up behind that pulpit and I was ready to do exactly that. And I was ready to do exactly that. I didn't have my Bible. I didn't have note number one with me. I had all left them. I didn't have any notes anyway. I had left my Bible out over on the chair and everything. And I just walked up to the pulpit and I was prepared to tell the people, God didn't give me anything, just go home. See, because I've got to this place with God, where it's God, you know, I'm just going to be open with you, God. This is the way it is. If you don't speak to me, you don't give me something, I'm just going to tell people. God doesn't have anything for you. Bye-bye. Sorry you wasted your gas coming over here. And both times when I stepped up there to do that, and it was about a year and a half between times, both times when I stepped up to the, to the pulpit and I opened my mouth, all of a sudden, I began to prophesy. Bam, 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 bam. And the Word of God came forth. Because God always has got a Word. I've learned that. God's always got something to say. The thing is, is that most of the time, we don't have the time to listen. Amen. And it's kind of hard to receive a word of prophecy you know, days or hours before the event. It's better just hot off the grill. Amen. So therefore, you know, I was spending all kinds of time, you know, just trying to prepare, trying to prepare, getting frustrated. Yeah. Come on. You've been there, yeah. You get all frustrated. <laughs> ah, what's going on? Ah, what do I need to study? What do I need to do? Where is it? Where is it, God? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it, Where is it talking to me? You tear up your whole office trying to find, you know, what it is, what is it, what is it? You're praying desperate prayers.
2: Oh, God, please.
1: And you don't hear anything. You get to pray for where you feel like, I don't have it anymore. I've lost connection with God. I don't know what I've done, but I've lost the connection. He's not talking to me. I don't have the slightest idea what God wants me to say. I don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. And I've been doing this for years. I don't have a clue. Well, I've learned since then. Don't get frustrated. Because God's always got something. Always has something. Always. Amen. Doesn't matter whether I know it or not, whether I'm aware. Because I know I've always I'm always prepared. And that's the key thing right there. Are you prepared? To always, whenever you speak, to speak as the oracle of God. Always. Always. No matter what. You know, you don't have to spend, you know, 20 hours praying in the Holy Ghost to get prayed up to accomplish what God wants you to do. You've just got to live in that place where you're always ready. Amen. Amen. doesn't matter. I mean, I could walk in here all sweaty and stinky playing a game of basketball and deliver a message from God. Okay? Yeah. I know our pastor shared a time when he was, when he was holding revival at a church and it was, I think it was right after Christmas or something one of the kids had gotten a new uh, Game Boy or something like this and um, he had spent like all afternoon with the pastor's son playing the Game Boy on TV and everything like this. And the pastor, pastor had come in several times and, and looked at him, you know, and saw him, he was playing the Game Boy, you know, and everything like this. And he was like, um, Rodney, aren't you going to go prepare for the service? Uh, not right now. And he was just continuing to play and everything like this. And, um, and after, after a few hours, the pastor had come in several times and he'd seen him what he was doing and everything. And um, he's like, Oh, my goodness, he goes, you're not going to be prepared at all for tonight's service. Oh, my, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. And when he came into the service, about 15 minutes before service was to start, the pastor called the whole board around into his office. And he said, Rodney, I want you to stand in the middle here. I'm going to have the whole board pray for you. I want to tell the board here he's not prepared at all. He's been playing Game Boy all afternoon. And he hasn't, he hasn't prepared for the service whatsoever. He doesn't know what he's doing. We just need to immediately pray right now that God will show up, that God will do something. And so, you know, the whole board is, oh, sir, la, 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 la. you know, they're all praying and everything, like this. And Pastor Rodney's thinking, oh, my, bro. you know, what's going on here? See, because you've got to live at the place where you're always, always prepared, always ready. It's not that you don't take time to study and everything like this, amen, but you just live with the fire in you, amen. You live with the fire in you. And sometimes you can know, I mean, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll know exactly, bam, where I'm going to hit. And it's all coming forth from the Spirit of God. And it's nothing even sometimes that you can even prepare for. Because you don't even know where all it's going to go. And so they prayed for him and everything and walked out. And the pastor was sweating it all and everything like this. And the service started when it was handed over to, to Pastor Rodney. He took the service and the Holy Ghost fell. And they said it was one of the best services they'd ever had in the history of the church. They said God just showed up in a phenomenal way. And, and he delivered this a powerful message and everything like this. And the pastor was sitting there just amazed. Like, how in the world did you deliver a message like that? And you hadn't even spent any time studying. And, you know, because this is the pastor, you know, he's just, that's all you think about is, you know, you just got to spend so much time doing all this and everything. They got done with the service went back to his house and he poked Rodney and he goes, let's go play some Game Boy. <laughs> and it's not the secret. The Game Boy is not the secret. The thing is, it's staying hooked up in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. But if all you're going to do is play games all the time, you're going to miss it. Okay? I'm not saying that to say that, you know, that qualifies that, okay? But you've got to live in that place. Live in that place of desperation where you're just so hungry for God. Always! Always, where God can touch you, He can minister to you. Not because you want the touch of God, but others
2: have to have it.
1: There's people in Abilene that are, they are requiring you to have a fresh touch of God. There are families in this city that need you to get more of God. You are their answer. You're it. And you don't even know it. You're thinking of? fine like I am
2: no you're not
1: who lied to you and told you you were fine who told you that I mean look in the mirror please come on you know just to go out in public you got to fix yourself up and yet we think that oh I'm fine I'm a spiritual powerhouse. No, you you ugly thing, you need more of God. You really do. I hate to be the first person to tell you that, but you need more. You need more. And you need to get to that place of desperation. Not just, yeah, I I think I I think I could have some more. Okay. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do that's gonna convince God? that you're really desperate for Him. That God's going to come down from heaven and touch you. Not just because, you know, you've got, you got a great prayer language. Well, no, that's not it. You've got to have some desperation. Desperation. Where you press in. Press into the presence of God. You want more. There's all kinds of scriptures. We'll, we'll, we'll head a little bit further and we'll, we'll, we'll get more, I think, maybe tomorrow night. Get more into, into some more of the scripture here because there's a lot that the Word has to say about desperation and getting a fresh touch of God and getting what you need from God. I was just giving you some personal examples out of my life tonight. Just to kind of open things up. There's, there's more I can share. But I'm going to stop right here. And I want you to receive the touch of God that you need. Some of you are saying, you know what, I, I, need, a, you know, I, I, need, I need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. But it's so difficult for me to get. No, it's not. Who lied to you? Again, all of these things, you know, people say, it's so difficult, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. No, you know, stop trying. Amen. And just get into the presence of God. And let Him touch you. Because the truth of it is, God wants to touch you. He wants to put His fire within you. He wants to fill you up. The biggest problem God has is you. You interfering with His touch because you're trying to rationalize it. You're trying to think it up too much. You're trying to make it so difficult. And all it is, it's as simple... Can I borrow this? Thank you. I'll give it back. It's as simple as receiving like that. How difficult was that? I've got it right here. Think that? Does she have to think about it? She could. I mean, she, really, she could. She could think. What did he slip in that? That I didn't see. And now he's wanting to hand it to me. What's the th- money? There you go, see. Good thinker. There, there, you good, good thinker. What? What's? What's the motive? What's behind this? What is there that I don't know? What is there that I'm not prepared for? What You know, what all do I have to be aware of? You know, you've got to be aware of that God loves you. And that God's a giver of good gifts. There's nothing bad that He has. God doesn't have anything bad up His sleeve. Amen. He's always going to be good to you. He's always going to bless you. He's always going to give more of Himself to you. And that's good. And so if you'll just get into His presence... He say, you know what, I need? I need more freedom in my life. I, I, I just feel bound up in areas. You know what, get free. How do I get free? Get in the presence of God. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. Amen. If you get in the presence of God, you'll not hear the devil talk. Because he can't come in there. He cannot come in the presence of God. He's not allowed in. This is the secret place, you and God. And so just get in the presence of God. And all of the junk that the enemy's tried to tell you, it stops. You need a healing? Get in the presence of God. Get in His presence. Let Him touch you. Healing is yours, it's just there. Whatever you need, you need a creative miracle? Take it. People say, well, what are you talking about, brother? That's something that, you know, really requires a lot. No, no, no. It's a miracle. A miracle is a miracle is a miracle. It's a miracle. Okay? There's not different categories that require, you know, this requires a, you know, a whole lot more biting of the tongue to, to get. This one requires more squinting of the eyes. But, you know, you look at different people, how they try to get things from God, and you're thinking, surely it's not that. Just come into His presence and let Him touch you. But be hungry. Be hungry. Be expecting. Expectation is one of the biggest keys to receiving from God.
2: Expectation.
1: How many of you believe that God would give you whatever you need tonight? Amen. I mean, do you really believe it though? I know it. I know God will do it. I want you to stand to your feet with me right now, would you please? God wants to touch you. Hallelujah. Wants to minister to you. to Fill you up. Bless you. Put his fire within you. To change your life. Not just because you need more goosebumps. Okay? Or whatever they call them here. Chicken skin or, you know, it changes all over the country. It's not because you need that feeling. I tell you this, you will feel it when God touches you. Okay, you are going to feel it. Don't let anybody tell you, well, feelings, those are fleshly now. It's the same type of people that say, emotions,
2: ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh.
1: Well, you know, Paul talked about the stirring up of your most holy emotions. I want to tell you, you get in the presence of God and you're going to see some emotion. Amen. God heals you. You're going to see some emotion. Amen. You're going to see emotion. People will be walking, leaping, and praising God. Hallelujah. Don't be emotional. So you just got healed from something from birth. A situation you've carried around for 45 years. Don't get emotional about it now. No, you're going to be emotional fire of God hits you, you know what? Everybody in the whole church is going to know it. Amen. There's no such thing as a quiet burning. You're going to know it. Wherever there's a fire, there's a siren. Woo! You're going to know it, folks. Amen. Fires are noisy in themselves. But when a person gets in it, I want to tell you something. They're going to know it. That person's Getting something there. When God baptized you in your Holy Ghost. Some people, you know, they get filled. They want to start putting their hand over their mouth. What are you, ashamed of it or something? You said you wanted it. You said you wanted it. And yet when God fills you. (laughs) Cut it out, you funny thing. Amen. Lift your head. And let it flow. It's a prayer language. Amen. You're exalting God. He's pleased with it. And you're around people who are excited that you've received the touch of God. Amen. Don't be ashamed. My goodness. God's got so much. Everything you need and even more than you can handle. More than you can handle. I believe God's going to touch some of you tonight. And it's going to be more than you can handle. Hallelujah! I'm just, I'm just who? Hallelujah! <laughs> Woo! Are you ready? No, you're not. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> hallelujah! 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 Listen, if you're ready to throw caution to the wind in receiving God, how many of you are kind of cautious by nature? You better get over it before you get up here. Amen. Leave caution. Because nothing bad is going to take place. No devil is going to get a hold of you. No. Amen. I lay hands on him. I'll tell you this devil's got nothing in me. Nothing. Nothing. He gets upset every time I wake up. Why? Because I've got plans. They're God's plans. We're going to see people touched and changed. Hallelujah. We're going to see cities turned upside down. That's just a start. We're going to see countries shaken. Countries. Entire countries shaken with the power of God. Amen. We're planning. We're strategizing. Glory to God. We're getting, we're getting ready and readier and readier. Hallelujah. Amen. To do even the wildest, craziest things for God. Hallelujah. Some of you are thinking, well, God touches me. You know, I don't know what might happen. No, you don't know what might happen. Had one lady tell me, I want the touch of God. She is from England. I want the touch of God, but please tell me that I won't fall on the floor. I said, you know, all bets are off, honey. I'm not telling you, you know, anything's going to happen. You know, you, can, you just say, I want the touch of God. Don't, don't give Him any parameters to work in. Well, I don't want it to fall on the floor," I said. "Sorry, you know I'm not going to promise you that. I don't know what might happen. Okay, well, go ahead and pray for me." I said, "Do you really want the touch of God, though, or are you just concerned?" "No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead." Pray for her. Yes, yeah, she's a proper lady, very proper, very proper. I want to tell you, she lost her properness that night hairpins flying all over the sanctuary. That woman got free. Amen. She didn't just fall on the floor. She was a holy roller. (laughs) I understood where that holy roller came from. I mean, she went from side to side of the sanctuary. She got done looked like her hair had been done in a blender. I mean, all over the place. You lost one of the lens out of her glasses she was a sight you know let me just ask you this are you willing to even lose your reputation again it's just kind of a pride type of thing I'm not saying that it'll happen but I'm just wanting you to know that you know if you just say God come and touch me I don't care what what it takes I'm just so hungry for you so desperate whatever you want to do in me, God. I'm just an open vessel for you to pour yourself into. Change me so that other people can be changed. Now, if you're in a place of desperation tonight, not if you just want a little tickle, okay? This is not tickle me almost night, okay? But if you're desperate for a touch of God tonight, and right now you really feel the Holy Spirit moving on you and you feel the prompting of the Holy Ghost like yeah this is it this is it this is your time I want you to step up here I want to pray with you right now (laughs) watch out watch out watch out (laughs) watch out Barbara hallelujah better strap this piano down watch out Oh. Uh, I got hit one time while I was playing piano. I was standing up actually. I was just hungry for God, but I, I had to keep playing. Because the evangelist we had was was, you know, ministering and everything like this, and I was just you know, had to keep things flowing and everything. But I was just like, Oh, I wish I could be up there right now. And the evangelists went by and just kind of waved their hand. Not at me. You know, they're just like this. And the Holy Ghost hit me. And I want to tell, me, tell you lifted me up off my feet. I had a wall about three feet, four feet behind me. My head went through the wall. I had a breakthrough, folks. <laughs> Amen. I landed in the church kitchen. It was behind me. I was like, Whoa! wham! Went right between... The two studs. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you get hungry for God, you'll go places.
2: <laughs>
1: Woo! Glory to God. No telling what might happen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Musicians up on the platform, they're not in the safe player yet.
2: <laughs>
1: you never know. Hallelujah. What might happen? Glory to God. Suddenly you might be, become prophesying on that instrument. Hallelujah. Are you ready tonight? That didn't sound real convincing. Are you ready tonight? Oh, Father. (laughs) I want those of you that are not up here, I don't want you to be spectators. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Just get lifted into His presence. Amen. We'll pray. We'll pray tonight for anybody who wants prayer. But I wanted to pray for the ones who are just absolutely desperate right now first. Hallelujah. If you want to touch from God, you've got to get that place desperate. Don't get freaked out by what you see God doing. Hallelujah. He's a God of power. When the power of God comes in contact with the flesh I want to tell you this Something's going to give Something's going to give I'll tell you this It ain't going to be God Oh more Lord Lord I thank you Thank you Jesus For your touch tonight Lord I know how everything just seems Kind of a little calm right now (laughs) Oh Lord but I sense a storm of Your Spirit. I sense a storm of Your Spirit. And I thank You for a storm of glory right now erupting upon these desperate ones in the name of Jesus. Lord, in Your power, Lord, in Your might, in ways that You've touched me, in ways that You've touched Katie, Lord, I ask for You to come down from heaven Place your hand on these desperate people, Father God. These that are hungry for you. These that are desperate for you, Lord. Now, in the name of Jesus. More than ever before, Lord. Touch them. Touch them. Touch them. Touch them now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
2: Burn in her now, in the name of Jesus. More, more, more. Light, burn in her in the name of Jesus. Your touch, Uh God. Your touch.
0: wonderful teaching, testimony and just thought provoking spiritual spiritually and physically just the spirit I just I know that uh, that message touched my heart and I know I felt the anointing and I know if I'm feeling the anointing you're feeling the anointing And as for uh, playing, that was Bishop James McCurdy, by the way, and that song is called Operate on Me. It's often said at our church where we go to the River at Tampa Bay Church that when people get prayed for and they fall under the power of the Almighty God of the Holy Spirit, when they fall out, uh, they say it's the operating table, the carpet, basically when they're doing, quote, carpet time, I see operating table of God. God's operating on them, taking out what shouldn't be, just like Bishop James McCarty was just singing about. And a lot of what Pastor Todd was talking about, too, he was talking about, Being in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, all of that stuff is just burnt out by his fire. About getting desperate for God. Not because you want to touch for yourself, but because you want to touch for all of those people who God has assigned to your life that if you don't allow, God, to work in your heart and do a deep work in your heart and in your life. And if you don't submit and surrender and yield for that, then those people will be lost and they won't be touched. And I thank God that Pastor Todd got desperate because if Pastor Todd had not got desperate, and had not allowed God to do a deep, deep work in his heart and in his life and touched him and changed him, then I would not have been impacted the way I have been impacted through his life. So I'm grateful to God for that. So it's inspired me, and I pray it has inspired you, If you have any questions, feel free to email me at FireTalkRadio2. That is number two at yahoo.com. FireTalkRadio2 at yahoo.com. And feel free to follow me on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash. Fire Talk Radio Two. That's number two at y'all. At <laughs> going with the email and with Blog Talk, I have all these different things. I should just have one place for them all. Let me try that one again. I would love to have you follow me at Blog Talk Radio. Dot com forward slash fire talk radio two that is blogtalkradio.com talk com forward slash fire talk radio two and also my facebook page is facebook com forward slash you guessed it, Fire Talk Radio 2. That's a number two. And that would be, yeah, just like that. I keep wanting to do .com and all of these. But anyway, and also let me see if there's any other things. The um, gentleman you just heard the message from, He, as I stated earlier, is the dean of the Bible college. And Bible college starts January 4th. And scholarships are available. So if you feel you have the call of God on your life, or maybe somebody's come up to you and said, you've got the call of God on your life, You, you know, if you feel that scholarships are available, I would highly encourage you to apply at riverbibleinstitute.com. That is riverbibleinstitute.com. And I'm going to actually play you a little promo here, so it give you a little tidbits about it. But it's a wonderful, wonderful colleges. They've got the River Bible Institute, River School of Government, and the River School of Worship, and they've just launched the River School in Spanish. So it's all in Spanish. So I would, I would highly recommend that you go there. I did. I spent two years there. And I'm definitely, definitely not the same person. The, uh, so that uh, you can go to riverbibleinstitute.com, riverschoolofgovernment.com, riverschoolofworship.com and I'm not sure about the Spanish one but you can check it out on Revival.com R-E-V-I-V-A-L dot com I'll be right back with
1: you In the world there is a problem People are hurting People are empty Some very alone People are broken
2: many are lost, what they need is hope. They need healing. They need love.
1: They need a Savior. They need someone
2: who will lay down their life. Someone with
1: the fire of God who will hear God's call bring Jesus to the world. What they need is a revival. There is a place called the River Bible Institute, a place dedicated to training believers how to live, minister, and flow in the anointing. And it's for anyone, whether your heart is in business or full-time ministry. This is is a place the Word of God is taught and demonstrated. The Word will challenge those of you attending to find clarity in your calling and deepen your relationship with the Lord. It will provide you with a new perspective on how to reach the lost for Christ and live in God's life-changing power. It is a place where you will be empowered to make a difference. And set your world on fire with revival. God is calling for all believers. Will you answer?
0: I pray that you answer that call with a yes. I just want to let you know right now that if nobody has ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life, that gives me great pleasure to tell you right now, God loves you, he loves you, he loves you, and has a great plan for your life. I have an important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? The Holy Bible reads that we have all sinned and fallen short, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, and whoever calls upon his name shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, or you want to rededicate your life, or the devil's always lying to you, telling you that you're not saved, just repeat this prayer after me and mean it with your heart. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy I I believe that you died for me I believe that you rose from the dead and I believe that you are coming back again for me fill me with the Holy Spirit give me a passion for the lost a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel Of Jesus Christ I am saved I am born again Given And I'm on my way to heaven Because I have Jesus In my heart I want to tell you As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ I tell you All of your sins Are forgiven you Right now Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much and has a great plan for your life. I just want to let you know that all music that has been played during the show has been played with permission by the artist or Somebody who has the authority to uh, give permission. And a quick disclaimer the comments and opinions expressed during commercials do not necessarily reflect that of myself or my Christian beliefs, especially the new ads promoting consumption. Of alcohol so basically that's during the blog talk radio commercials because I don't have the authority over what they decide they are going to advertise and I don't particularly appreciate it when they have ads for alcohol on my page but there's nothing I can do about it but I can give you a disclaimer Saying I don't agree with it. So, um, what else was I going to tell you? It was something important? Oh, I just feel that in my heart to say that if you're holding unforgiveness against someone that may have wronged you or hurt you in some way. The Bible says if we don't forgive, we ourselves will not be forgiven. And I understand that it, sometimes what people have done can be so cruel and hurtful. But just repeat this prayer to me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I forgive everyone who has ever hurt, neglected, or abused me. It was not my fault. I forgive everyone who I ever hurt, neglected, or abused. I release them to you, and I ask you to forgive them as well and to forgive me. I receive your Joy and your love, amen. If you have any prayer requests or if you prayed that prayer, feel free to email me at fire talk radio two that's number two at yahoo.com I would love to care for you and I I'm so glad that you joined me tonight. It's been a great, great night. I want to tell you that you are accepted in the Beloved. You are loved by Him. He's enthralled with your beauty. You're the apple of His eye. When He looks in a crowded room, you're the only person that he sees. He loves you so much, and I love you. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love.
2: Okay.